You're listening to Radio D, the radio language course of Redaction D. A joint project of the Goethe Institute and Deutsche Welle Radio. The author is Herat Mese. And a warm welcome to episode 12 of your German course, Radio D. It's special today, we're going to be answering some listeners' letters. Well, that is our professor will be. Hallo, liebe Hörerinnen und Hörer. Willkommen bei Radio D. Radio D. Hörerpost. Okay, let's go straight to the first question. A woman listener asks about the U form of address in German. When is it du and when is it sie? Well, that is a very interesting question, that one. And many Germans aren't sure about it either. Let's have an example so that everyone knows just what we're talking about. Listen for sie and du. Was machen sie hier? Was machst du hier? We'll now play you two bits from scenes in which these two questions are asked. You may even remember who said it to whom. Then you can get a feel for when one says du and when one says sie. Was machen Sie denn? Remember, that was the doctor of King Ludwig II. And he, of course, addresses the king very politely of indeed. Course. Yes, of course. And in German, the polite form of you is sie. Eihan, was machst du da? And that was Josefina asking Eihan what he's doing. And being young, knowing each other and having a lot to do with each other, Josefina and Eihan are on do terms. Listen to two more examples and pay attention again to the roles of those conversing. Entschuldigung. <coughs> Entschuldigung. Wer sind Sie? König Ludwig. Also, Philipp, das ist Eihan. Wie heißt du? Eihan? Eihan? So, if you want to be polite and respectful and you're addressing strangers or people with higher status, you use the Z form of address. And among friends and people you know well, you use du, is that right? No, it's not quite as general as that. You also say sie to many people you know, and many young folks start off right away with du, even if they don't know each other, because they don't pay a lot of attention to formalities. Mm -hmm. I'd recommend to all our listeners that it's never wrong to address someone as sie. But if you say do to someone right off, they might consider that impolite and you wouldn't be off to the most brilliant start of a conversation. Right. And people you've addressed with Z but for whom the do form is more usual will soon tell you. Right, the next question from a listener is about how one's supposed to introduce oneself. Do you say only your first name or your first name and your surname? 
We talked about this in a previous episode and pointed out that it depends on the social context. I want our listeners to know that they can't go wrong giving just their surnames, especially on official occasions or when getting to know new people. My name is Müller. My name is Maya. Now, usually we either introduce ourselves to other people or we're introduced to them by someone else. What's the usual response, Professor? One says something like "angenehm," which means something like "my pleasure," which is a bit too formal and somewhat old-fashioned. I see. Most times, one just introduces oneself by saying one's name.、Uh, one often also hears the question "wie geht es Ihnen?" How are you? Or just something like "how's it going?" "Wie geht's?" "Wie geht's?" "Wie geht's?" Tarkane, wie geht's? But as a question, it's not really meant seriously, though, is it? I mean, do they expect an answer? In the context of just meeting someone, it's a more or less empty phrase, and it's answered in kind. For example, "Good, thank you," "Danke, gut," or "Danke und Ihnen," "Thanks," and "How about you?" So we're not meant to go into detail about what you happen to be experiencing just at that moment. Okay, next question coming up, and it's a tough one. A listener asks about the use of the word den. No, that's not a tough question. I wouldn't say that.、Uh, I'd rather describe it as a smart question, though. I'm getting really excited about this one. The listener is asking about the function of den. That's an unchangeable word belonging with the particles. Particle. Well, hang on. Before you get too abstract, Professor, let's have a couple of examples for the listeners. Wer bist du denn? Was machen Sie denn? You must have understood the two questions. Who are you? What are you doing? Depending on the context these questions are spoken in, they have different accentuations. In the question "Wer bist du?" (Who are you?), the stress might be on the "you" (du) if one wants to know who someone is. Wer bist du? Also, curiosity or amazement is emphasised if you use the particle den. For example, when Philip hears the voice of Kompu for the first time. Wer bist du denn? Ich bin Kompu. You use den to react to something that was said or done earlier. The response can express amazement or perhaps annoyance. Have a listen again to the example in which the accent is on the verb machen. Was machen Sie denn? Understandably, King Ludwig's doctor is pretty annoyed when the king wants to pull him into the water. Was machen Sie denn? Like all particles, the little word "den" does not fundamentally change the meaning of something being said, but it does modify it. That is, it strengthens or weakens it. So the meaning of the utterance stays the same. But why do our listeners have to know that? 
You're right. One understands the sentences without the particles too.、Huh. One doesn't have to look long for the meaning. But our listeners should know that there's a lot of these particles in spoken German, and sentences with particles sound much smoother, not so dry. Right. Listen to two more examples. Was ist denn das? Ein Tisch, liebe Sissi. <laughs> So, have we been hearing any more particles? Yes, we have actually. I'd also like to talk about the particle doch. You turn to your interlocutor with doch to seek their agreement on something. Das ist doch Philip. One reminds the partner that he wanted to know something. For example, that there's an owl at Radio D. Wie bitte? Wer ist das denn? Eine Eule. Das siehst du doch. And especially when something is pretty self-evident, doch is used a lot to express mild irritation. Hallo Eule. Du bist auch noch da? Das ist eine Eule, aber sie heißt Eulalia. Das weißt du doch. And to finish, I'd like to mention my favorite particle. It's eigentlich. That means actually, and it's pretty mean. Wo ist Philip? Wo ist eigentlich Philip? How do you mean mean? Ah,、oh, well, it floats around looking harmless when, in fact, it can greatly strengthen an accusation. What do you think? Is Ihan asking a harmless question, or does it also carry the accusation that Philip isn't in the current affairs room? Wo ist eigentlich Philipp? In München. Nein, im Stau. Philipp ist im Stau. Next question. A listener asks when you use nicht, not, and when nichts, nothing. I don't want to start with an example this time, but I'd rather give our listeners a tip. The two negation words nicht and nichts sound very alike in German,、mm. so there's a real danger of getting them mixed up a bit. So how do you avoid it? It's best to learn the examples in context and imagine the situation. In a situation where one hasn't got a clue about what's being said, the obvious thing to say is "I understand nothing" or "I don't understand a thing." Ich verstehe nichts. Right, that's what happens with Ihan when Paula returns to the office from her reporting assignment about King Ludwig, and Ihan can't understand why she's so cross. Paula, ich verstehe nichts. Ich verstehe überhaupt nichts. 
Du verstehst nichts? Ach. So nichts negates something general, for example, when one doesn't understand something at all. And I suppose there's the same difference in every language between not understanding something at all and not knowing about a specific thing. And in German, the latter is expressed by the word nicht. It always relates to something specific. Or it can simply negate a specific thing. For example, we hear that Philip is not at the Radio D current affairs office when his mother phones him there. Mein Name ist Frisch, Hanne Frisch. Ist Philip da? Nein, der ist nicht da. Let me make quick reference to the opposite of nichts, the word all, alles. Du verstehst alles? That was Josefina's stunned reaction when she discovered that Eulalia understands everything. Oh, Entschuldigung, du verstehst alles? Alles and nichts describe positively and negatively something very general. And the middle way between knowing everything and nothing is nicht alles wissen not knowing everything. So now one actually knows it all, right? Hmm. Eulalia. Eulalia. Woher kommt dein Name? Ich bin klug und weise. Aber ich weiß nicht alles. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have today for Listener's Mail. Thanks very much, Professor. As always, it's my pleasure, and I'd like to thank our listeners for their very astute questions. In our next episode, reporters Philip and Paula will be covering a new story. Liebe Hörerinnen und Hörer, bis zum nächsten Mal. You've been listening to Radio D, a German course of the Goethe Institute and Deutsche Welle Radio. Und tschüss!